As a business professional, you want to eliminate friction in your business and life and be in control of your daily results to see progress in achieving your goals. Being productive is a continuous improvement process that everybody struggles with in one way or another. Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Method podcast. I'm your host, Chris Nixon, and I'm a productivity consultant. Every week, I'll share tips, insights, and interviews with guest experts that will help you think critically so you can take actionable steps to be more productive. Now that we've got this out of the way, let's dive into the episode. To start, I'd like to invite you to share your name and field of work that you do. My name is Renee Schulte, and I work with mental health policy. Wonderful. So, Renee, if a goal planning system is a set of tools that take from vision to achievement, during this podcast series, we talk about goal planning systems and the journey to refining the one that works best for you. So how does your goal planning system play a part in what you've described? So my goal planning system came from a place of necessity. I had a, a health crash and burn about, I guess I'm going seven, eight years ago now, where my work and my life were really out of balance. And I, I really loved my job. I was an elected official. I came out of that space and went into consulting for the state and really loved my job. But when I had free time, I would work more. And what ended up happening is my my physical health gave out and I ended up uh, really sick for a period of time. So I had to go looking for a goal planning system to help me rebalance. Um, I really tilted toward workaholism, uh, being really achievement driven, achievement focused and needed more balance. And so what we're going to talk about today from my goal planning system really started there of finding a system that really talked about all aspects of life that I could be um, keep top of mind different parts of my life and not just work. Um, before that point, most of my anything I did about goal achievement or planning was basically just work. Mm-hmm. So you're incorporating your whole life into the picture now. I am. Yeah, that is the, the main goal and the whole purpose behind what I do and why I chose what I've chosen. Wonderful. Just wondering, what did you notice about the various systems out there? And then what led you to this specific system? Well, a lot of systems that are out there really do focus just on work. Um, there's some great programs out there, but they all want to talk about project management or uh, task orientations and all of these things that were all never ending to-do lists. And if you're a, a go-getter type A personality like me, um, I can get really into those and fill out all the pages and check all the boxes, but I'd forget you know, other parts of life like relationships and family or even my own personal health, personal spirituality could get put on the back burner. And um, so I just really, they didn't work well for me. I mean, they were great in the space of work, but, you know, I'd come home and not really have anything that, that really track at home. I wouldn't keep track of workouts or nutrition or really anything that was, you know, really important to sustain my life. So what most jumped out at you then when you saw the system using them? So I am a full-blown Michael Hyatt, full focus planner. Uh, person and the part from the very beginning, um, I think I took one of his. I don't even know if I did that first, but the best year ever course and some of the his teachings. He talks about different domains in your life, and he kind of has it created like a bullseye. But you have the relational domains and all the different parts about relationships, and then the, you have your own individual part of your life about your own nutrition and spirituality and exercise and health and. Then he has the other piece of, of work. I mean, work is part of it, but not all encompassing. And that was really fascinating to me because he teaches, you know, having 
um, goals in all domains of your life. And for the first time ever, really limiting how many goals you had in a year. And that was just a mind boggling concept to me because I was a person grown up thinking, you know, you just, you make one goal, you make the next goal, you just keep making goals. And I never thought about, well, how many should I have in a year or how many should I focus on in a quarter? And so his philosophy was very, very different and really challenging me to measure out like how I was doing in each domain in my life and then setting goals accordingly so that all the goals can't be work. And I was like, wow, that's like a light bulb moment when I was like, huh, there should be other things in life besides work that I should have goals for. That was just eye opening. And that's what started the journey. Yeah. And that's, that's really a shift in, in our, you know, our workforce and and humanity now in the last uh, 20 years or so, isn't it? It is. And right now, um, that's my background is mental health. And I was, I've been a therapist for over 20 years. And what you're hearing now in the culture and in the younger generation is they want to talk about their mental health and they want to talk about work-life balance. And they want to talk about that at work. And some of the folks that are older in the companies that, you know, never talked about those things. And so you're having some real challenges in the workplace, especially if you've got the traditional older leadership not understanding this new generation of folks because they seem kind of squishy, really soft, talking about emotions. And that just didn't used to be a thing in the office, but it really is the new wave. And I, th- I think it's for the best because we've all just sort of stuffed all of that as if you know it didn't impact our work. And every survey out there, 100% of people will tell you that their mental health impacts their work. And so the fact that we're finally starting to put those dots together is really important. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I've uh, come to believe that there really isn't work-life balance in the sense that it balances out as equal. I think it's a fool's errand to try and make it seem equal. But I think what people refer to when they talk about work-life balance is just really finding that synergy between both and almost combining it into one fulfilling life. That's right. And it really looks different for each person. And so, and in different seasons, right? So somebody at work and there there's some research out there that shows if they just get a you know few minutes of uninterrupted time a couple of times a day to work on what the the stuff they need to get done rather than just meetings all day that that makes more balance and it could only be you know you get the an hour or two of protected time can make a huge difference and we just haven't really talked about that and so when i'm thinking about the full focus system that we'll talk about more that really was important to me because but after I bombed, it's not because I did it proactively seeking, you know, to balance my life. It was after I really crashed and burned and figured out, oh my gosh, I better learn how to do this different. So I needed to go find somebody that taught it different because I had been so achievement focused that I was like, okay, my way of doing this isn't going to work for my health. My health isn't, and I need my health to do anything. So I better figure that out. And so I went looking for something different. Yeah. Would would you like to share a little bit about the, the main components of your system, Renee? Yeah. So the full focus system uh, by Michael Hyatt, it starts at that big picture where you're talking about all the different domains in life. And so you're supposed to set out to have eight to 10 goals for a whole calendar year. And you take a big look at it. He has a, he has a annual program called your best year ever that you can go through, or there's a book that does the same thing. And you go through and you really look at and, and measure how you're doing in all the, the areas of your life or your domains. And then once you kind of have that big picture, then you sit down and look at your whole calendar year in, in a quarter system. So his cal- his planners are written in the 90-day 
planner mechanism. So you're looking at 90 days at a time and they teach you to pull out three big things, two or three big goals for each quarter, which I'm telling you was mind boggling when I first thought about it. I'm like, how in the world can I only do two or three things at a time? But the, the concept is if you, as you beat each of those, if you look back over the year and you successfully hit those two or three each quarter, by the end of the year, you're looking at, you know, 10 to 12 big things accomplished, which is huge where most people, you know, look at like, say, um, at the beginning of the year, maybe setting some sort of new year's resolutions, and then you don't do any of them. Right. And so this just sort of keeps you accountable. So it's yeah, breaking it down into quarterly goals and then breaking it down further from there into weekly goals and into your daily big three that he calls it. So that your three ties up to your weekly goals, which tie up to your quarterly goals, which tie up to those annual goals. And he has additional programs and additional things out there that even connects it to your life goals. If you want to set up um, a living, he calls living forward, but thinking about like what kind of legacy you want to leave and even having that really, really big picture. And so that each year you feel like you're moving toward that, but it's not just in work, which is the most important thing I want people to hear. It's about Thinking about if you want to leave a legacy for your children or for your nieces and nephews or for whoever, how do you want to do that? And what steps should you be taking each year to have those relationships? And that's a very foreign concept to a lot of planner systems out there. So I know Michael sometimes talks about um, an external task planner uh, or an external task tracking system. Do you have such a thing that you merge with the full focus planner system? I have. Uh, mine's kind of an interesting hybrid. I, I really use Google products and Google has come out with a system called GQs and GQs is a task management system that is newer. I, I landed in it and toward the beginning of the beta process of that too, but it ties, I'm a Google calendar user. And so it ties into my calendar and then I use Google email as the base email below my business email. And so all of that ties together. So you can collect tasks, you can collect um, information that'll go straight into the calendar through this GQ's process. And so I have found that to be supplemental, uh, but that's where I keep like my everyday um, day in, day out, like the links to podcasts that I'm going to do or links to meetings or whatever. Whereas my my book, my my tangible book that is my physical planner is more of the bigger picture for the week, but I write it every single day. Mine right now today is all written in all over the place from the various meetings of the day. And I put my whole life in that planner and carry it with me um, everywhere I go. And so that they, they really meld pretty well for me together. And I really, um, I don't know, some people may not like the idea of being non-digital, but for me, it's nice to not be staring at a screen for part of the time of the day, especially when I'm thinking about goals and what I need to do next. It's nice to be able to shut my computer down and just have a book and be able to think about and write in that it's really therapeutic. And I have found that to be um, a nice stress reliever for me. Yeah. I like to talk uh, with my clients about being intentional. And uh, I would say that the full focus planner is really focuses on uh, intentionally planning uh, your life, right from your day to day, all the way up to your annual goals, as you mentioned. Um, would you agree that that's accurate? I do. And one of the things that, um, and this may resonate for some of your listeners, but one of the things about being an achievement driven person is that uh, if I don't have it written down somewhere, I'll feel like I forget it and my brain will continue to think about it and bring it back up. And so 
if I don't have it written down. But I figured out that if I have it scheduled in the planner, even if it's for the end of the week, but I know that I'm going to get to it, it just lets my brain relax a little bit about it because I know I can't get to whatever it is that's important to me, maybe today, but I know it's going to be on the calendar for Thursday. So that just gives me space to breathe because it's been handled, even if it's not done. But there's something about that, knowing that it's intentionally there on the calendar and planned for me to do on these days that I don't have to worry about it till I get to that day. And so I can take vacations. I can take time off because I know that I have things to get done beforehand. And then I can see where who's handling or who I've delegated to while I'm gone and then see what I need to do when I get back. And so I know ever there's not balls being dropped because I can see that that um, process. And I've never been able to do that before. Yeah, it's amazing that the sense of ease that results from having your thoughts captured into a trusted system. Yeah, it, exactly. And so it's just, I just need to write it down. So if I'm thinking about, you know, so I, I'm a small business, so I still am responsible for making sure invoices get done at the beginning of the month. Well, if it's in my planner on the day that needs to get done, I don't have to think about it again. When I open the day to that day, it's going to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And it says, Hey, you need to get those invoices out. And so, you know, it just frees my mind of carrying that around as if I might forget it. And I didn't realize how important that was until I got into the process of it. It's just so freeing to be able to, even if I project it out a couple of weeks, I can just stick it on whatever day I think I need to deal with it. And then when the day comes, it's like, oh, let's deal with that. And it's nice. It's refreshing. Right. So um, just to be clear, did you try any other planner systems before you settled on the full focus planner or was it? I did. I did. Um, I don't have a lot of name brand ones, but I've I've always carried planners around and I had I tried to do more. I, I tried 100 percent online for a while and I just that didn't work at all for me. I had too many things falling through the cracks and I have I'm, I'm a big notebook person, so I would carry journals or notebooks around, but they weren't connected to the calendar per se. And so then they just my notes and things would just get lost in that. They weren't really connected to whatever I was doing. So I'd have these different notebooks and I tried multiple color notebook system and that would be a mess because then I'd end up in the wrong meeting with the wrong color. And oh my goodness, that was a mess. And so I I did, I had a lot of different systems that just didn't really work for me. And then, like I said, a lot of the systems out there just really think about work and they don't even talk about like your personal life at all. And so, hey, it might've been great for that piece of my life, but it left out all the other important stuff at home. So I still was having like a running to-do list of stuff to do at home Mm -hmm. because I just never had it on the planner. And that didn't help really settle my mind because I'm still, oh, don't forget, you know, to go grocery shopping or don't forget to do all these things that I didn't have time in the calendar to get done because I didn't look outside of work hours. It was basically the nine to five or eight to five or whatever I'd schedule. And so at least this is more all-encompassing, like you said, where you're thinking about intentional for all parts of your life so that I know getting the stuff around the house done that needs to get done, there's a time for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you suppose it was about the 100% online system that prevented you from uh, getting everything into there? Um, Well, I'm not on all the time. Well, two things. One, for that to work for me, I have to be on digital pretty much all the time. And I was really struggling with not wanting to be on all the time. So I was carrying my laptop out of my office upstairs into the other part of the house so that I could look at it again to not forget things or whatever. And so have that digital or it would be on my phone 
where you're still like connected on screens the whole time. So it really wasn't working for me from just limiting how much screen time I had. Mm -hmm. But then also, um, like if you look at like a Google calendar or something like that, um, you know, the other great, I mean, I can sync my husband's stuff and whatever, but you can only fit so much stuff in those boxes and you can't always get all the information that you need there so that, you know, you might see the box and see the time. But if I didn't have a ticker kind of in advance, I might miss it. And so one of the big keys in the full focus planner we haven't talked about yet, but is the weekly preview where I really look at my week coming up. So I know what's ahead. That's mm-hmm. a game changer. And that was not available on the digital products. You basically, I'd get caught like the day of somebody's birthday needing to have sent a gift, but didn't have it like a ticker in advance. And so it would be too late to try to get there on time and that kind of thing. Whereas when I have this weekly preview bit built in where I'm looking at what's to come, I can say, oh, it's my niece's birthday tomorrow, which it legitimately is. And make sure I have that taken care of in advance and not you know, see it on my digital calendar tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So with that, what would you say is the most critical part of the system you're using? Well, there's two pieces. So as an achievement type person, um, I never celebrated what, um, what I did well. And I never was like, this didn't take time to celebrate. And a big part of not only finding balance in the domains of life is taking time to celebrate And I don't know if you've read the book, but there's a book called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. If you haven't read it, it's an awesome book. I really recommend it. But in that book, Dr. Hardy, um, he's a psychologist and talks about, you know, that a lot of achievement folks look to this ideal to the future. And there's always this gap. We're always looking that we haven't made it yet. There's more to be done yet. And there's never looking at how far you've come, which in their terminology is called the gain. And Michael Hyatt really does that well because he you celebrate each week what you accomplished the week before. At least you should. So part of the preview starts out with how far did you get with what you were trying to do? So you can actually say, okay, what were the wins of last week? Which was a new concept for me. I was always working for the next thing, the next thing. And on that, as a as a workaholic, that that is just adrenaline junkie things right there. You just go and go to the next to the next. And you never take time to actually celebrate. So that celebration component and looking at how far I had come is a real game changer. And so not just in all domains of my life, but making sure that I take time to celebrate the good that has been accomplished and then be able to rest in that and then look at the next thing instead of just always what's to come, what's to come, what's to come. Yeah, that that uh, celebrating the wins is huge, or at least acknowledging them. You know, um, if, if we're constantly living in the future, looking at what we have to do, uh, pretty soon, 40 years has passed, we're stressed out, and we feel like we haven't really accomplished anything. Uh, and, and and not only that, but you feel like you just haven't lived your life. You might even miss years. Uh, and and I think it's so important, especially nowadays, with so many inputs coming at us, to just stop and look at the present. And part of looking at the present is looking at, you know, what, what have we accomplished this week and just really uh, enjoying it. Uh, and, and being present. So I totally agree with you on that. Uh, it's interesting that you, you say that that's, uh, you know, fodder for the adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I get to my weekly preview, I, I flip back to those pages. And even by the end of the week, I'll still forget sometimes a major win that happened that week. But we're so quick to forget. And it mm-hmm. could be in the same week, right? I, I mean, I get to the end of the week and I just, if I'm not 
taking time to actually flip back into the planner and I just try to write off the top of my head what those wins are, I may very well forget something really important that was a huge win. And I forgot within the minute, you know, within those days. And so just think about over time, if you're trying to look back over your year of what you accomplished, if you don't have it written down, which is also a shortfall of digital for me, was I didn't really have a record to go back to look at, to track progress or to see wins as easily. Not that you can't flip backwards in digital, but it's not quite the same. Um, you, if, you know, get to that end of the year. And like you're saying, you just time has passed, but you don't really feel like you've accomplished anything and you can't remember what went well and what didn't. And this way, you know, besides those weekly previews and looking back each week, you look at the end of the quarter and kind of wrap up to 90 days, look at all the stuff we get done. And I know at the beginning, I didn't think that that was going to be true, that I'd get that much done in 90 days. But now having done it for several years, holy cow, I get a lot of stuff done 90 days. And you start rolling 90 over 90 over 90 and good things start to happen because you can see some real momentum and some real growth and change over that period of time. Yeah. And it's so important if, if one wants to improve something to be able to measure it. And that's just a great way of being able to, you know, quantitatively and qualitatively measure uh, how you're doing and to be able to make incremental changes. So, so how does the, uh, the planning system assist with uh, making improvements week to week? Well, um, the tracking mechanisms are in there. I'm not as great about some of those things, but it does have the ability to do, you know, daily tracking for folks that you know, if you want to do some daily tracking and tick off things, I really like the habit tracker. I've done some really great stuff with habit tracking. Um, it's helped me like eliminate different types of foods or different types of things out of my life that I did not need by tracking it over time. Or I have a regular tracking of like how much I exercise or how much I do a variety of different things. And so I can build habits or remove things from my life using that. And that is a big piece that wasn't great in the digital world. As far as I could tell, I couldn't mm -hmm. see habit tracking quite the same as I can on paper. Um, I even have, like, if I really, really want it tracked on a wall, I've got a big wall calendar that I'll just put big old X's on. Sometimes if it's something I really, really want straight in front of my face to be like, Hey, we're eliminating this publicly for a season. And that, you know, that's really helpful. And so I find the being able to write it down in the book helps. And so I can go back each week and go, okay, how far did I make it this week on this goal? And, and percentages count, right? And, you know, it's not like, oh, 100%, you didn't make it. You know, I've learned a lot through the system too about setting goals. And if it's 90% of something, that's actually a win. And I don't think I was ever taught like that. So for me, I can measure, like, say I'm in a coaching program, and I want to get on live or replay as 90% of the time over that season to feel like I've been effective in using the money that I put into the coaching program. I'll make goals like that now that I can actually track. And, you know, I don't make it a hundred percent where that it's a pass fail. I make it, you know, a, a percentage so that life can happen and that be part of margin and 90% is still really good. And that means you really did, you know, invest your time well and used, used your money wisely that you invested in so that's really been a helpful thought process for me that it's not just pass fail, it's improvement and how much have I moved forward this time. And then on the flip side is if I, you know, you probably have been there too, but you get a goal that you just can't move forward on, mm -hmm. if that ever happened to you, mm -hmm. then there's something wrong with it, right? So I have learned a few things about that, but if I keep having the same one roll forward, roll forward, sometimes I've learned that 
it's too big. I didn't break it down in small enough chunks for me to be able to move on it. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't that important and somebody else told me I should have done it and it really wasn't me saying I should do it. Or, you know, there's things like that. So it's been really good to kind of see that progress or lack of to give me that feedback that, hey, maybe that goal's not even right for you. Maybe you should rethink that or maybe you need to break those steps down more or whatever. It just gives you some feedback as you can see over time. Yeah. Would you like to share for the listeners what you mean by roll forward? Well, sometimes I don't get them correct. So one goal I've been working on is writing sales copy for a particular course that's coming out. And um, I couldn't seem to get it down. I would work on content planning each week, but it just wasn't coming to me. And after I moved it a couple of times, I realized it's because I didn't have some pre-work done that I needed to be able to write that copy. Mm -hmm. So as I kept working on that goal, I would move it to the next week. And I'm like, man, there's something's just not right about this. And I, so I kept kind of like thinking through it, trying to mull it over. I'm like, why can't I write this? Well, I didn't have all the information. And so when that occurred and then the final pieces of information came in, then it all clicked and it moved. But I wouldn't have really known that because if, if it had just been, if I never tracked it, I wouldn't know there was something wrong with it. And then the copy may never get written. (laughs) And I may never have what I needed accomplished. So sometimes it just, that lack of progress kind of tells me, hey, there's something that's not quite right about this. You need to look at more information. You need to research more. You need to do something because it's not moving. Um, other times I think of goals like, um, oh, so I've set a goal a couple of times that wasn't based on my own effort. So like it could be a monetary goal or it could be a, Uh, how many members are in a group goal or something like that, where I had the wrong thing being measured. So Mm -hmm. instead of measuring my effort toward a goal, I would measure like the outcome in the times that I wasn't in control of the outcome. Well, that's not the right kind of goal to even be measuring. So it's like, I can't measure a goal that I'm not responsible for. That's not fair to me and set you up for failure. So there's sometimes I just wrote it wrong. Right. And so then after a bit, I'm like, this isn't working. And you start thinking, well, why isn't this working? It's like, oh, I'm not even measuring the right thing. So then you can tweak it. That's the other thing I love about it. You just change it. You tweak it to fit. And you're like, oh, I can measure my effort. Okay, I will continue. Now I will track it differently. I'll put this much effort in this many days, this many minutes, whatever, so that I could track it efficiently. Right. I think in the Covey world, they call those leading indicators and lagging indicators. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, others call it, you could simply call it inputs and outputs. Uh, but you're you're absolutely right. It becomes uh, quite disempowering to try and measure yourself based on these lagging indicators or outputs. Uh, for one thing, uh, the results of your effort can take a long time to surface. And, and the other thing, but uh, you could end up working on something in the wrong way for a long time and not realize that it's not moving you forward. So right. absolutely working on those things you can control and tracking them, I think, is the moving forward. Well, and I think different people have different motivators. And so I have figured out for me, dollar signs are not motivating. Mm. Um, Number of people I impact is motivating. So if I'm going to measure like, um, you know, speaking engagements or whatever, if I were to look at how much money I got paid speaking, that doesn't matter to me. But if I think about how many, either how many stages I speak on or how many people are impacted in the audience or how many people, you know, I get to work with me beyond that stage. 
something like that is way more exciting to me and mm-hmm. way more energizing for me. And so I figured that out by the process. Like I wrote a lot of bad goals that I just wasn't really excited about. And I had to kind of dig into what is that? Why don't I care about that? And so like numbers in a group, um, a lot of people really get excited about how many people are in their Facebook group or how many people are in whatever. Again, that's not how I'm wired. So it's like, but I had to figure that out and and being able to track it, I'd be like, okay, what's wrong with this goal? Why don't I care? Why don't I try? Why don't I like it? What is happening? And sometimes I'm just totally measuring something that for me isn't motivating. Where for somebody else, that may be the thing that motivates them. So you have to be willing to be flexible in that and find what it is that motivates you because it may not be what everybody says it should be. Um, and I, and that it took some time to kind of work through that. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody that expects to be able to just start a system like this and expect to do the right goals right off the bat? <laughs> um, I don't know what the right goals are. I don't think I ever have known. I, I approach it every time. Um, I'll, I'll tell a great story. So I had a really, really busy spring. We had a, I had a couple of big contracts all do, do at the same time. And I went to do my annual planning last December. I couldn't see past that season. I had a vacation on the calendar a few weeks after the huge project was over. And that's as far as I could see. And that was like in the month of May. And so my planner had it had goals for quarters one and two. It, quarter three was completely empty. And quarter four were the ones that were going to be kind of like some that would be um, cumulative through the year. And I got past that season. And quarter two, when I started working on it, wasn't a whole lot better. Quarter three was still blank and still a mess. And quarter two got even more streamlined because I had these huge projects and and I was like, that's kind of all I can do. So then once I went on vacation in May and took some significant time off and balanced back to work-life balance again, then I could see what the summer should look like. Then I could see what the fall should look like. And so I started again on goals. And so had I written something in back in December, it would have not worked at all because the way the the spring played out was much more challenging than I had anticipated. And so sometimes you're just wrong. And so there's no right way. So what you'd have to do is you just have to start and then try it. It's it's going to be based on trial and error. And you may know what it is you like to measure. And that's where I would start. Um, but then get moving, you know, and then see what's in, in your control. Because sometimes if you make goals that are related to other people's work, that's stressful too, because they may or may not keep up their end of the deal because they may or may not even be in on the plan that you have in your mind for what you're going to accomplish with their help. And again, that's not fair to you, but it's not fair to them. And so how do you, you don't know that though, till you get into it. You just have to start. Mm -hmm. It's about practicing, isn't it? It really is. And learning about yourself. So, so did you ever fall off the wagon after you started with the full focus planner? I have, um, there's seasons where I, I'm not as religious on, I do my weekly plate previews pretty well. Sometimes I run out and don't do daily big threes as well. They've kind of become, you know, what, what did I do today instead of being more intentional, um, depending on the season. I haven't quit um, the planner ever. That's never been a thing for me. I, I still keep them every year, but there's some that have more blank pages than others. Um, sometimes like weekends, I am better at using them than others. Sometimes weekends, I don't use it at all. Um, and so it just, there's, it kind of comes and goes. But for me, as long as I stay really consistent on quarterly previews and 
weekly previews, that really keeps me disciplined and consistent. And at this point, it's it's a it's a habit. I don't know what I would do without the planner because I carry it with me everywhere and I have for years. So I, I'd be really lost kind of without it. Why does the system work so well for you? Well, well, it matched what I was looking for and what I needed. So mm-hmm. I told you about the health issues that I had. So I needed one that thought about balance. And there's some other people that get frustrated with this system because they don't believe in the whole concept of balance, as Michael Hyatt calls that, the double win, winning mm-hmm. at work and winning at life. And some people don't believe that that's a thing and get irritated about it. And to be fair, if you don't live there and that's not what you know, I could see how you might think it's a full of baloney. But now that I live in that space with a pretty balanced life after creating it over a bunch of years, uh, I know it's real because I live it. But It is frustrating for some. So I think you just have to pick what works for you and kind of like, you know, I I don't see myself using anything else because this is one of the few that kind of looks at that from that philosophical perspective. Um, But, you know, you have to pick what, and for some people, paper doesn't work and they need it to be digital. And and Michael Hyatt is not into having it be a digital product. So that could Mm -hmm. be a limitation for some people. So how about some advice on sticking to a system once you choose one? Well, it's a like you, you keep saying, it's trial and error. You have to give it a go for a season of time. And you need to, I would think, I believe, let me think about this one. When I first started using the planner, one of my main goals for that quarter was how to use the planner. I mean, the goal was use the planner. And mm-hmm. like use it so many times a week, so many days a week. And so I made that a habit goal really pretty early on to get myself into the habit of using it and doing it. Because if I didn't take time and carve out using it as a new tool, it would have just sat in a pile on my desk. So any kind of planner structure that you're going to have, you're going to need to use it for a while. That's like, that doesn't matter if you're doing a new um, health routine, if you're trying to add workouts in there, you, you know, you try that one day, it's not going to get you you know, the body that you're looking for at the gym, right? It's an, it's a day in day out type situation. Well, planners are the same thing. And so is journaling for that matter. If you're going to get the benefit out of it, you've got to put enough time into it to make sure that it works or doesn't. And so I would say you have to use a system at least a quarter, if not two, before you can decide if there's tweaks or things you'd want changed, because you need to be able to use it consistently enough to see if there's gaps in you know what else you would like to add to it not to mention you've got to start somewhere to build a foundation before you add more on yeah you certainly can't switch a habit on like a switch can you no i wish and i think we all wish that be in better health if i could do that i always think of habits like like opposing magnets um it's pushing away from doing it uh as you repeat it every time it's it's kind of difficult and then all of a sudden that magnet flips and that's when you know that the habit is in place. It's when, yeah. if you don't do it, it's drawing you towards it, right? Yeah, true. And uh, to me, that's the the telling sign when a, a habit that you're trying to build has become a habit is when it flips from a little bit icky to a little bit uh, pulling you towards it. So that does take time. And sometimes uh, we fall down on our habits and we reevaluate and we just keep pushing through and eventually they come and fall into place. That is correct. It takes some time. Have you run into any obstacles with your, your uh, full focus planner? Yeah. So one of the tricks um, that I struggled with is um, projects versus goals. Mm. 
And on a goal in, in Michael Hyatt land is smarter. Um, and he adds exciting in there and um, not so much realistic, but something that, you know, you'd want to reach for. And I would be putting in things I should or need to get done more like projects mm-hmm. and they're not exciting, right? It's just stuff you got to get done. And so I would, I really have bombed a couple of times getting the goal wrong. And when you get the goal wrong, then all the rest of it kind of falls apart because if you've got, if you don't really have a goal that excites you, that gets you wanting to move, you don't want to use your planner because there's nothing to say and there's nothing to put in it. And you're not really moving towards something. You're just doing something that you have to do. And you're not really excited about it or motivated. And you're not probably measuring the right way either. And so thinking through like just getting the goals right. And then other obstacles is like when I do have those really heavy work seasons, um, it is really difficult for me sometimes to try to force myself to have goals that are in other domains still to this light, to this day, because I, I lean so heavily toward work that you know, it seems like, well, you know, just this quarter, I should have all three goals about work. And well, no, I should never have that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, making myself think through. And so what's kind of interesting, how I've now I do it is as we get close to mid to the last part of a quarter, I typically have start kind of dreaming about what next quarter goals might look like, what they could be, and, you know, just kind of having them on a page. And so they kind of I kind of think through them and process them more in advance than I used to. And um, that helps me land on something better that, that, that works. Um, I I do that pretty well. I don't know about you. Um, Do you plan a year at a time and then have a blank slate and start over? Are you one of the folks that like will plan? And then as you wipe off the quarter, add more. Yeah, I I do what I would, what I call a, a rolling year. Okay. So each quarter, I might add a goal to the to you know a year from now and subtract the ones I've completed. And sometimes I don't see quite that far out, and sometimes I see a little further. It all depends on what's going on. Um, if I have some particularly large goals I'm working on now, I might be waiting till I get a little more progress to decide what to you know set for the further goal. Yeah, I I found that to be the same. Um, I have had some years where I can like complete all of them and then reset them all at the end of the year. But as I've already stated last year, um, I was in the middle of huge work projects. And so when December rolled around, I just couldn't see past April, potentially May. And so Mm -hmm. it didn't matter how much time I sat and tried to think about what the rest of the year should look like. I was like, that's just not going to work. So I just put in my planner that I was going to have, you know, a kind of a whole mid-year sit down, rethink what the rest of the year is going to look like. And that worked really, really well. Well, because I did take some time off to re to really refocus and re redo. But then there's other years, like, like you're saying, I'll have the more rolling where I can see further out and I kind of have it rolling. And it, 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 I think both ways work, but it, it just really depends. Cause there, there are some seasons I can see further. And then some seasons are like, all I can see is right here in front of me. And that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And that's so important is, is, you know, Making the system a tool for you. Uh, you. You shouldn't be a slave to the system. The system should be serving you in the way that works best. And you're allowed to adjust a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Would you mind sharing some of your successes that you credit to the system? Oh, yeah. Um, let me think. So, um, hmm, what are some successes? Well, 
Okay, so part of what, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but part of Michael Hyatt's plan is he has what, what does he call it? The, uh, it is called the Freedom Compass, where he really teaches like thinking through like what you're passionate about and what you're good at versus, you know, what's distracting for you or what's drudgery for you. And really thinking through like, where could you spend more of your time in your zone of genius? And so kind of at that high level, thinking like, if I could have goals in my planner all the time that are really in my zone of genius that I'm passionate about, that I'm good at, that I would like to do, how, how do you delegate and learn how to, you know, work with other people? And so I work in small business and within the last year or two, I think it's two, I've hired VAs and I've hired um, an online business manager. And that has made all the difference in the world. And that happened through using the planner system. I worked uh, worked my way toward building up enough finances on the on the base foundationally to add team members and then really worked through like what types of things would I delegate um, and all of that so that I could really focus on that. And again, using my online business manager that was the first semester or I guess first quarter I had that. That was the goal of that quarter for me was to fully learn how to use this tool that is a person, but how do I use that in my business? And so making carving out using that as a goal to like, how do I, you know, and I had a coach that helped me with that transition in my business, but making sure that I fully implemented and utilized the person well and started things like after action reviews and different things to make sure that I, um, was working with them fully in their capacity and doing and learning from them. Like when I wasn't doing it right, cause I'd never had a business manager before. So I had to take time out of learning how to use one. And so I did, I made that the goal for the quarter is how do I use one and what, you know, asking questions and making sure I did it correctly and hundred percent successful because of the planner, because I carved time out of my life specifically for that role and that goal. And um, have also been able to launch courses, have been able to launch, um, getting new contracts, lots of different things like that, all because it just works for me looking at 90 days at a time. Instead of trying to look at a whole year, I can look at 90 days and kind of do a 90 day sprint and then, you know, wrap that up and go again. And that it works really well. So with that success that you've achieved with it, would you say that that's changed your future vision of what's possible? Absolutely. Um, because instead of being a solopreneur, now um, I'm a team of Let's see, this last, the last big busy season, we had five in one team and three in the other. So eight, eight of us. And now I'm down again. My season's wax and wane with contracts. So now I'm down. I just lost an employee, but I'm down three. And so, you know, but I was always just me. And so it's been a huge piece of growing as a business and being able to take on additional work because. I can see now and have a better understanding of what goals need to be for me. And then using the system and having these um, this structure for others too, we can all work together under the same idea. So we can sit down and have the same conversations about big threes and about weekly big threes and what our goals are and everybody kind of speaking the same language, which is really nice. Everybody experiences setbacks from time to time in life. How has having the system helped you navigate those life setbacks? Well, when I was, when I first started the system, I wasn't in the best physical health. And so I had, like I said, crashed and burned because I didn't take care of myself. And so there were some challenges back then of even trying to use 
the system and the planner. And so there'd be more blank pages, right? There's just days where I just didn't do it. I didn't feel well enough to use it. And so, you know, being able to see that and then being able to see the progress as you move forward and thinking about how far you've come rather than how far you have to go, um, just those celebrating. So even back then when things were really hard, every week you're figuring out the wins and some weeks maybe small wins, but you're still figuring out wins and looking at, okay, I made some progress this week. It may not be as much as I wanted, but I still made progress. And so being able to celebrate that and call that out has been really important because when, when seasons are tough and rough, you can go back and look and be like, okay, we still, we're still making progress. We're still moving forward, even though this week doesn't feel like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or the other thing is like, if you do get sick, and you, you can't work for a week or something happens, you can just move it around and you can change your, change your planner, right? So then I just move, bump stuff into the next week if I had to or whatever. And so it really, again, keeps it top of mind where you can see it's going to get done, but it doesn't have to be this week. Or if family shows up unexpectedly and you want to do something fun, okay, how can I move this around so that I can have that life part of my life and maybe have to move the work and it just makes all of that possible because you kind of have more agency over it and you're mm -hmm. able to see your whole life and be able to move the pieces to make the puzzle work. Right. So how do you stay accountable for using your system? Um, I actually haven't had to have a outside accountability for a long time. Um, I, well, I guess hmm, I, I just do it <laughs> at this point is just ingrained as part of who I am. I kind of lost without it. I, there are seasons where I'm in groups with people that do it also. I have been in accountability groups with others that do it too. I have friends and family. I, like I said, I'm not an affiliate for the product, but I tell enough people about it that I actually have friends and family that use it too because I recommended it and they purchased it and off they go. And so, you know, there'll be conversations about that. And so I'm in some groups where people ask about whether you're big three this week and what are that. So there are, there are pieces of accountability, but really for myself now, it's just intrinsic. It's more of a, this is what I know I need to do to, keep my life moving forward. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone looking for a planning system? Well, um, this may sound funny, but there's a lot of people out there that work really hard on decorating the planner. And um, I don't think that's the point. Um, mm. You can decorate the planner, but you actually have to use it. So there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time with stickers and colors and markers and all the stuff to make it pretty. And I'm, a, I'm all about beauty. I'm all about it. But when it comes to, it's like procrastinating where you're not actually using the planner for as the planner is determined. So whatever planner you're trying to use, you need to use it. Mm -hmm. And so it you, it's going to take time. And so you should invest. So like, for example, the full focus planner has an entire quick start setup now, which back in the day when you and I probably started using it, it didn't have any of this. We sort of figured it out as we went. But now there's this whole set of awesome videos that teach you how to use it. Well, if you're going to invest the money into a planner of whatever kind, there's probably how-tos that come with it. There's probably videos on how to use it. Figure it out and use it because otherwise it's just pretty. It's just a paperweight. And so, and I think that about any kind of system. So if it's, if you're not going to like actually use it, why purchase them every year? And so you got to figure out like what it is you want out of it. So if your main thing is physical fitness, there's some awesome planners out there that focus on that. If your main thing is gratitude and that's what you want to focus on, there's some awesome planners about that. Or if you're about being in the in, in the Bible, there's planners about that. So whatever it is, 
but for work-life balance, I don't know that there's anything else on the market like this one because I've looked and this is the one that helps me stay balanced across all those domains. So here's the big question. Let's play make-believe for a second. Imagine your goal planning system vanished yesterday. No oh longer exists. What does your life oh. look like now? Oh, well, I wouldn't know where I was going. I don't know what I would be doing. I'd be so unhappy. Um, huh. I'd probably, to be fair, I probably have used it enough that I would be able to try to recreate it like in my own notebook. It'd be mm -hmm. really ugly, but I'd like remember the different parts and pieces and want to keep doing it anyway. So like the weekly preview and things like that, I bet you I would have a notebook that's blank and start making shorthand of my own version of weekly previews and some of the big pieces that really work for me because I wouldn't want to give it up because it, it's been so successful and so useful in my life that I'd be really sad if it disappeared. So what would you say to a friend who said a goal planning system is a waste of time? What would you tell them? Well, first of all, you'd ask, have you ever tried one? Most of the time, the answer is no. And then, you know, if they feel like if they feel like that they're on top of their game and using the time to the best of their ability without something that I wouldn't necessarily want to add it just for adding sake. But I realized for myself that it really helped me streamline my days. Um, I leave, I have a, we haven't talked about this yet, but I have an evening ritual of shutdown of my office where my laptop now stays in my office. It doesn't come out to any other parts of the house mm -hmm. for me to work on other days or weekends because I know when I'm supposed to be working and know when I'm not. And so it's really helped to just free up that. And I would challenge somebody that doesn't have any system that they're probably mixing their work in all areas of life because it's just so easy for that to be um, in everything if you're not really paying attention to keeping work just at work. Mm -hmm. And it, it uh, really uh, drags on your, your mental health, doesn't it? It does. And your physical health. And so in my case, um, like I said, it wasn't my mental health that had a problem, but my physical body gave out because mm -hmm. it just was exhausted and tired and I was just working so much. And so it, it can be mental, it can be physical, but in any of those cases, it, you, you don't know what you're missing if, if you're just not paying attention. And I think having the accountability to write it down and I can see big wasted time blocks, right? I can, I can see that now if I'm not using my time wisely, it's pretty evident. I didn't get stuff done. And so it's nice to be able to hold myself accountable to that. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your system? Um, no, I really, I mean, well, I kind of joke about this. I think Full Focus now has the ability to be a certified pro that you could officially tell people all about their program and be an official affiliate. Uh -huh. And I just laugh because I'm like, well, I'm just going to tell people my version because I use it. And so it's one of those things where I don't sell it. I don't anything. It's just, it has made a huge difference in my life and really allow like this year alone, I was able to do 13 days without opening a laptop. I've never done that. And, you know, being able to be really on vacation, on vacation. And so for me, I, the proof is in the pudding. And so I really appreciate this system. And so if there's anybody out there listening that, you know, really wants to think about how to have a more balanced life and wants to bring into their goal system, thinking about their relationships with their kids and with their family or their spiritual life or their health, they really ought to look at this because it really has made a huge impact um, physically healthy and spiritually healthy for me. And I know a lot of other people that have used it that have really benefited from it too. And I think it's worth a look. 
Renee, I'd like to invite you to tell uh, the listeners about your business and services. How sure. would you like people to contact you? Yeah. So um, I do mental health policy work and I have worked at all kinds of levels of, of the system of looking at it from consultants as an elected official. Um, I've worked as advocates. I work in government relations. And so I really dig deep in, in the world of policy. So what we're doing is we're teaching people how to create healthier policies in their own lives and kind of ties to our conversation today. But how do you how do you create these habits and these systems that are healthier for you if you don't have the health that you need? And so I'm actually out teaching people how to make those healthier policies and you can make them for your own home life or you can make them for your own work life. There's so many unhealthy things happening out there or in your community. And so um, I'm on Facebook. Is it probably the easiest way to reach me? Um, it's Renee Schulte. So my my tag is R-E-N Schulte, S-C-H-U-L-T-E. And if you connect to me um, right under my name, um, you'll see an image. We are working on what we're calling a policy party where we're having people come in and learn how that they can fix these things that are unhealthy in their lives and change those rules and those laws and things that we live by and don't even think about those unwritten rules. How do we change those to be in a more, more health minded? And I'd love for your folks to come out and see me. All right. And we'll have your webpage uh, noted in the show notes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Connect to my webpage. You can get to the policy party that way too. Okay. I just want to clarify though. I, I'm, I'm understanding what you're, you're sharing about what you do, but I'm wondering who in particular would you like to reach out to you? Well, it's a lot of folks that care about health. So it can be folks in the healthcare industry, people in the mental health industry. So a lot of folks that are reaching out are really either advocates for better health or they're people that work in the health space, or they're sometimes they're just people that want to create a healthier culture at work or in their community. And so it's kind of a wider swath than you might think. But anybody that's thinking about how can I be healthier, those are the folks that are reaching out because we really can talk about not just all this planning stuff we talked about today, but you know what kind of boundaries do we need to set to have good health and all of those kinds of things. Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you think the show is of value and a must-listen for someone, feel free to share it with your productivity friends. And if you do, I'd be so grateful for your support. If you want to find the links, show notes, and resources, no matter what episode you're listening to, head over to chrisnixon.com slash podcast. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-I-X-O-N dot com slash podcast. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on Facebook at chrisnixon.com slash Facebook or LinkedIn at chrisnixon.com slash LinkedIn. Join the discussion for this episode on my LinkedIn company page, linkedin.com slash company slash chrisnixon. That's all for this episode. And remember, productivity is a continuous improvement process. Space Dust by Aerotone. Copyright 2022. Licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Courtesy of dig.ccmixter.org. This episode of the Productivity Mastery Method podcast is copyright to Chris Nixon 2022. All rights reserved.